series on authentic Christianity, what it really means to be spiritual, and we were finishing up the last worship song, and I had a thought, and so I'm going to change what I was going to do. I'm going to start my message at the end and give you the conclusion, and then go back to the beginning and go through it. But I'm going to confess something to you as well as I start. I don't usually like to do that. It just happens every once in a while that I have to confess. So, And it's something that I've confessed before. But I, I, I would really like to uh, petition uh, the, um, the state of Pennsylvania and uh, PennDOT. I want them to eliminate a road sign. The road sign I want them to eliminate is that red and white one that says yield. Because it's meaningless, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. And, the, and the absolute worst place is right down here going this way on Hamilton where 78 and 309 exit. It's, it's like you're coming along and everybody that's coming this way has a yield sign and they think that it means hurry up, get in front of this guy <laughs> and then jam on your brakes because the light's red. And so the, the difficulty for me is, is <laughs> blessing with peace. There's something about, we're going to talk about yielding today, but not when you're driving the car, what it means to yield to God. And if we learn to yield to God, yielding other places will be easy, right? Isn't that true? So it starts at one place. So what we're gonna, we, the first week that we began this whole discussion on authentic Christianity was to love God enough to be content and to say thank you in all things. And we spent the whole message dealing with those things. Um, to be content <laughs> and to say thank you. For those people. Of course, I never do that when I'm coming off of 78, right? I never... Okay, second week we talked about that we are crucified with Christ. We need to daily deny ourselves, take up our cross. And we use that three-term three phrase, rejected, slain, raised. It's what Jesus went through. He was rejected, he was killed, and then he was resurrected and the Bible connects us, Scripture connects us with Jesus in that same way that we are to daily take up our cross uh, to be crucified with Christ. It actually, the Bible actually says that when we trusted Christ as our Savior, we were crucified with, her, with him. And because he was raised, we were raised as well. Last week, we talked more specifically about the resurrection, and that is that we are to live as though we have already died, been raised, gone to heaven, and come back to earth. So what would that be like if we, if, if we really grasp that concept that we have, the old man has died, the new man has come, resurrected, we've been to heaven, we've seen the glories of heaven, we come back and, and we are now ambassadors for the kingdom of God here and now on earth, which is quite a perspective. So today we're, we're going to talk about how we do that, and it has to do with yielding, but it's more than that, and I'm going to understand that what we're doing, some of these things that we'll talk about we've talked about before, and they're kind of basic, and yet I'm building a, a foundation of what real Christianity is, what it really means to be a spiritual person. And so 
It's the framework. It's kind of like, it's like the gospel. The gospel is simple, right? It's very easy to get saved, to become a Christian. It's to believe in, trust in Jesus and what he did for you. And it's easy because everything behind it that was done behind it was rather complicated and difficult and Jesus dying on the cross, God becoming man, (laughs) the whole thing of redemption, justification that comes, God's justice is completely satisfied because Jesus' sacrifice was more than enough, more than, so there's, there's this huge vault of treasure behind, I received Jesus as my savior, right? So it's a simple thing, but there's a lot behind it. And so the way that we live our lives is really yielding, but there's a lot behind it. And as we understand, as we grow to understand everything that's behind it, it enhances the way that we live. It, it helps us to live out uh, what we do. So we're going to go back to the Mount of Transfiguration, Transfiguration, I can say that word, and look at that picture. Jesus took his three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up a mountain, and there Jesus was transfigured. His, his glorified body was revealed. And while they were on the mountain, Moses and Elijah showed up, and they talked for a while. They had a conversation going on, and they were talking about Jesus' coming death. And so there was this conversation going on, the disciples were there. So we have four different groups, things represented on the Mount of Transfiguration. And when, when the Holy Spirit puts stories in the Bible, it's not just to make us feel good. There's always a reason why the Holy Spirit puts things in, and, and we don't always really understand or grasp what's going on. So we're going to just look at it for a minute. All in one picture we have is Moses. Moses was an Old Testament saint who had died. He was a redeemed saint, but he died. Okay. We have Elijah, who was an Old Testament saint, and he didn't die. He was translated. He was raptured. He was caught up into heaven. We only know of one other person in scripture that was translated, that was Elijah, when he went up in the whirlwind. Enoch. No, there were two. Elijah and Enoch were the two that were taken up. Elijah was taken up, translated, and Enoch. I got it. So you have, so you have two different groups here. You have the, those that were in faith, that died, and, there's, and were buried, and those that were translated, represented on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. I'm trying to say that word too fast. And it comes out slurred. I'm sorry. Transfiguration. And then you have Jesus glorified, and it's, and it's his body glorified. It's a future presentation of what Jesus would be like after his death, burial, and resurrection. A glorified body showing, demonstrating to the disciples what we're going to be like, what our bodies would be like. And then you have the disciples who were the New Testament believers represented. And what I want you to grasp, what I want you to see is that in one picture, we have two realities of our universe demonstrated there. And I want to explain the implications of that because it's important for us to to understand. Um, Heaven is not a far-off place. It's not a vapor. It's not... It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. We can't go there because the Bible is emphatic about the fact that 
Those who die are with Jesus. Those who are in faith die are with Jesus. And they're alive. They're, they're alive in heaven. They're real people. They're not asleep. They're not unconscious. They're not in some semi-coma kind of a state. Okay? The other thing is that, that they're... The disciples go up a mountain, and Jesus kind of pulls this veil back so that they can see the reality that's already there, okay? The reality that's already there was the supernatural realm of the universe. So why is that important? <clears throat> Jesus said to the thief on the cross, it was beside him, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today. Today you'll be with me in paradise. What I mean by that is anyone who, who believes in Jesus and dies, they're, they're one of two places. They're either in the flesh. Well, when they die, they're, that's not what I meant. A believer is one of two places. Either they're in their body and they're alive, or when they die, they're with Jesus. There's no other place. There's no other possibility. It's one of those two places. When Moses died, he didn't go to Never Never Land or some place like that. He was with Jesus. Well, uh, we may argue that point that, that when Jesus died, he went into Sheol. He went into that place and maybe took the saints I don't know how all that works, but that's a possibility too, and we could argue that point. No, they were there. They were there on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah. And Scripture tells us that absent from the body were present with the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 through 8 says this, For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. That really, that's a reference. You know, that we're in this tent; it's our physical body. We groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, which means there was a glory that clothed Adam and Eve in the garden. And when they sinned, they felt like they were naked. Now, it's hard for us to understand that concept because we've never been clothed with that kind of glory physically. In this world, so we don't know what we're missing. Okay, we don't know what we're missing. And that's that's the show far. <laughs> so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. What has He fashioned us for? To be clothed. With that supernatural glory. That's what he's clothed us. That's what he's prepared us for. Um, he shaped us for that. Who has given us the spirit as a deposit. Guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore we are always confident. Know that as long as we are at home in the body. We are away from the Lord. For we live by faith not by sight. We are confident I say. And would prefer to be away from the body. And at home with the Lord. So what that verse in scripture is saying. Is that when we die. Believers when they die they're automatically right away with the Lord one of two places okay so the point is this think of our reality as two lines see if I can explain this 
we have one line which is the natural, the physical realm where we live. That's one line of history. And we're at a particular point in history. There's another line which is the supernatural realm. And it's a parallel line. And it runs uh, in conjunction with that, with the natural. And somewhere in between was the Mount of Transfiguration where... See, yeah. The, the disciples went up the mountain with Jesus and saw him glorified and saw Moses and Elijah. We need to come to understand and we need to realize that the supernatural realm is very close. It's not far off. It's not something that's distant. It's very near. And there's no way that we can get around that. We can't excuse it. The Bible confronts us with this even because of the Mount of Transfiguration, that the spiritual supernatural realm is very near to us, plus there's, there's a connectedness. You notice that when they're on the mountain and they're talking about Moses and Elijah and they're talking with Jesus about his coming death, there were no introductions. There was no like, surprise. oh my goodness, who are you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm Moses and oh, I'm a lot. They just knew. They knew each other. There, there's already a familiarity. Why is that? Because in that realm, it's a real tangible realm. There, people know each other. It's not, it's not otherworldly. It's, now, you might say, well, I, I knew that. <clears throat> Do you really? We have a tendency at times to accept some of the mindset of the world and about heaven and about that supernatural realm, and, we, and if it gets a little too uncomfortable, sometimes we, we like to push it off a little bit so that we don't have to really deal with it. Like, you know what, this is getting a little uncomfortable with me, so, you know, and, and we can play these kind of mind games where we don't really accept the reality that the supernatural realm is right there. It's just a veil covering it. We can't always see it with our eyes, but we can sense it with our spirit. Okay. And so here's the issue for us, going back to what we talked about last week and moving forward from there. We are called to die daily, consider ourselves the old man, the old matron, dead, buried, resurrected, Gone to heaven and come back with the and see what we're supposed to pick up in that process. What we're supposed to gain in that process is that we are called to live supernatural lives. We're supposed to live out of that understanding, and we need to become more familiar with those kinds of things. And I don't and I don't mean in a weird sense. God is very much rooted in the here and now and who we are. As people, he knows who we are. He knows, he understands the flow of history. He understands interactions of personalities. He understands the difficulties that we go through. He understands everything that we experience in this life. And he's not asking us to be goofy. Some people mistake a spiritual person to think that they need to be goofy. Once in a while, God calls people to be goofy when he has a specific purpose for it. But most of the time, he wants normal people living normal lives in a supernatural way. 
so we are to live by faith now with the realization that that realm, the supernatural realm, has this capacity to break through into our realm through us. And, that's a, and it all happens by faith, by faith. Now, let me just explain this. Look at Mary for a minute. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Angel shows up, talk to her. Says, you're going to have a baby. And I want you to name him Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You find yourself pregnant. And here's what you're supposed to do. Now, Mary, when confronted with that possibility, had three choices that she could make. The first choice she could have made was to say no. Right? I mean, isn't that really for us a possibility? When the Lord wants to do something in us, through us, with us, we can say no. The second possibility is that she could have looked at what the angel told her, and she said, well, I guess I need to go somehow get myself pregnant without a man because it needs to be a virgin birth. How do I go about doing that myself? Well, she didn't do that either because how would she, could she, she didn't do that. The third possibility is what she did. She said, be it unto me according to your word. So we come back to that word yield. <laughs> okay? She yielded to the Holy Spirit. She yielded. She couldn't do it herself. Now understand this. She couldn't do it herself. The power was not in her to do it herself. But she yielded. She allowed God to do what he wanted to do. And, and I want you to understand that that point is critical. For us, it's critical to yield, to yield, to become the vessel. She became the vessel for Jesus to come forth into the world. Do you understand that God calls us to be vessels to once again bring forth Jesus into the world? He wants us to do that. He wants the revelation of Jesus to come through us. And understand that the revelation of Jesus has to be a spiritual, supernatural kind of thing, but it gets worked out in the physical and the way that that happens is as we yield to the Holy Spirit. Now understand that in the process as well, you might wonder, well, you know, is there a reason why it has to work that way? God, God actually treats us like people. I don't know if you've noticed that. He doesn't treat us like sticks or stones, like I'm going to use this person. You know, I'm going to use them like a prop or a tool or whatever. He treats us as people. So there needs to be a yieldedness on our part for God to do anything. It's like we've heard from Ed Silvoso, Har Harvest Evangelism. We need to say, yes, Lord. Um, we can't do it ourselves, and God won't do it without us. We have to yield to him and allow him to work. And so this becomes the issue for us day by day. Daily dying, considering ourselves dead to the old nature, resurrected, gone to heaven, come back, yielding to the Holy Spirit. We're to be creatures before the creator. We are created beings. And so when I say creature, I mean that in a, a good way, not like an animal. We're different than animals. We're the we're Creatures before the creator, but we're creatures glorified. You understand we're called to carry the glory of the Lord. We're, carried, we're, we're called to carry his presence. Um, and so God wants to do that through us. 
but he doesn't violate your will. I don't know if you, understand, if, you, if you know that or not, but God doesn't make me do anything. Sometimes I wish he would. <laughs> but even that's a little ridiculous because it's a matter of dying to self and yielding to his will. And then it becomes a lot easier. We can't do what we need to do on our own, but you know how we access his power. It's the same way that we come to salvation. It's raising empty hands of faith. I don't bring anything into this other than I'm a vessel. And so I raise empty hands of faith and say, I believe you can do this through me. So release your power through me. So we have three points. We are to live as though we've died, gone to heaven, and come back because Christ will be the doer through us. Jesus is the one who does these things through us. It's not us ourselves. It's him doing it through us. Second point is the Holy Spirit is the one in us that accomplishes the will of the Father. We need to get to know the Holy Spirit a lot better. We need, we need to recognize him and the things that he does and the ways that he wants to work and understand that there's a whole lot more that, that can be done, want, that he wants to do through us. But again, he doesn't force us. We have to be willing and we have to yield. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That verse is a kind of a promise that when we yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in us, he's not going to allow us to be ashamed. That when we come to him and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm here, work through me, we won't be embarrassed, we won't be ashamed because the Holy Spirit does his work and he does it well. And so there's some people that have described this concept, what I'm talking about, what Mary did, what we need to do in, in yielding to the Holy Spirit is active passivity. We need to be actively passive. In other words, Mary, had, Mary was confronted with something and she had to say, be it unto me according to your word. She had to open herself up to it. She had to say, okay. She had to say, yes, Lord. It wouldn't happen otherwise. So she was engaged that far. And then the Holy Spirit took over. And it's the same for us. It's a matter of us saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want, to, I, I want you to work through me. I want you to do this. I want you to accomplish your purposes. What is it that holds us back? How much, how much I, I, I'm kind of hoping, although maybe I'll have a different idea when I get there. When I get to heaven, I, I'm kind of hoping that I don't have to watch a video of everything that could have happened, was supposed to happen, that didn't happen because I was out to lunch somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I mean? And the issue of dying daily, I think, is, is really important because we have our own ideas. <laughs> Even though God uses our personality, he uses our, our, our history, our good history, he, he uses that to prepare us and to lead us into what he has for us. Um, but we still need to die daily. We actually need to die moment by moment. When I pray for someone or when you pray for someone for healing, when you you impressed by the Lord to pray for healing, you know, we've tr- taught each other, we've practiced praying for healing, and we don't ask God to heal. We speak healing to the person. If you ever hear me, I, if we're praying for somebody and I hear somebody pray, Lord, I ask that you heal them. I, if, if it's people I'm really familiar with, I'll say, don't ask. Speak it. Pray it. But it comes with the understanding that it's not me that's healing it. I'm just the vessel being used. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through me. It's the glorified risen Christ, his spirit working through me that actually does the work. And so I'm engaged, but I realize the power's not in me. It's not my goodness or smarts. It's not my spirituality. It's nothing to do with that. It has to do with, I'm the fact that I'm a vessel, I'm yielded, to the, I'm yielded to him. I say, yes, Lord, and he works through me, or he works through you. So we're engaged, and yet we understand that it's his power working through us. Romans chapter 6, verse 11 says this, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I, 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 <laughs> sometimes I feel when, I, when I'm sharing these things that I'm going to the death thing too much. But you know what? It's a real part of our walk with the Lord. There's the shofar. But that's what scripture tells us. And so there's, 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 there's something there. And not only that, but God never requires or asks us to do something that isn't absolutely, positively beneficial for us on the other side of it. He knows where there's life. He knows where there's hope. He knows where there's everything that we want. And so there's this daily dying that we need to walk through. It needs to be a conscious thing. Not that, not that we're saying, oh, I'm no good and I need to die. No, the old, the old just needs to die. And now I've been resurrected. I've been to heaven. I'm back on the earth. And I understand, I understand because of that. See, God wants us to, to think of that. It needs to be the concept in our minds. It needs to be... When we're confronted, I was just, you know, I was, 
just, just happened this morning. I won't tell you who, but I had a conversation here today. And there are times when we're confronted with things and we think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Um, sometimes we're called I'll just share this story again I'll just somebody called me one time and said Kent would you come to uh, our apartment we're having a problem in our apartment um, things are moving around and we're not moving them like there's this doorstop that lays over you know we, we go to bed at night and when we get up in the morning it's laying over and uh just things like that. And then this really weird thing happened. We were going to go to a concert. And so I, were looking, I was looking for my T-shirt for the name of the group. And I couldn't find it. We went through all our boxes. went through all the, the dressers and everything. We couldn't find it. We went to bed. And the next morning, it was laying over the back of the sofa. It was, it was there. He said, we have no idea where it came from. He said, what's going on? <laughs> I said, well, I'll come over and pray. Well, I could have said, I don't know, Move. Just get out of there, you know, like, just don't even go there. Just get out. But see, when you understand that you're dead, resurrected, gone to heaven, and have access to the supernatural realm, that's no issue, is it? I went to the house, I talked to the folks, I said, well, I don't have really any authority here, it's your apartment, you just pray, I'll tell you what to pray, kick the spirits out. They never had a problem after that. Well, I wasn't afraid because I knew, I understand how it all works, you understand, that's why we're going through this. When we grasp what Jesus wants us to see on the Mount of Transfiguration, that there is a close connectedness between the natural realm and the supernatural realm, and that there's a flow of history, and that we have an authority because of all that, because of what Jesus did, because of the glorified Christ, that we are in relationship with him, that the whole world is opened up to us so that we don't have to be afraid of anything. And when God calls us to do something, we can just go and do it because it's him doing it through us. It's not us. I don't have, I don't have, it's not my power that has any effect over the demonic realm. But I understand my authority in Jesus. Every morning, every Sunday morning when I come to church, if I'm here early enough, and even if I'm not, I still do it. I go into my office and I say, I make a declaration before the service. And I say, good morning, I'm Kent Yorgi, pastor of New Beginnings Fellowship. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm in covenant relationship with the Father through Jesus. And I have positional authority in this place to kick every spirit of darkness out of this place. And I welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit to accomplish whatever he wants to do in here. Now, look at me. I'm not much. But in Jesus, I have all authority. But it's not me, it's him. Because I understand how it all works. And so I can have confidence and boldness to do whatever God calls me to do. However, I have to yield. I have to be submitted. I have to be actively passive. Understand what my responsibility is, and I understand what he does through me. And so we're about to have communion. And what is communion? It's a reminder that Jesus was di died, he was buried, he rose again, and he's glorified. 
and that I'm participant in that. I am crucified, buried with him, resurrected, and he's in me. The glorified Christ is in me. I can do all things through Christ who sanctifies me, who gave his life for me. And so as we share communion together, it's a reminder of that. That's part of the reason why we do it.